everybody. This is William Del Pilar, and this is the Red, White, and Rude podcast, your politically incorrect one-hour stop and where we talk about entertainment. I'm here with my co-host, Sean King. And before we get to it, Sean, let me do some business here to pay the bills. You can find this podcast along with many others at grumblingsmedia.com. You will find political podcasts, this entertainment podcast, and sports podcasts. You can also watch this over at YouTube and Rumble under the profile handle Grumblings Media. And for you traditional listeners, we are on Google, Apple, Spotify, and Pandora. And with that, Sean, how have you been doing, brother? It's been a week. I know you said it was your daughter's birthday. What'd yes. you get her? Uh, yeah. I took her to Sephora, which is a whole journey I could talk about in itself. Uh, some of the people in there buying makeup were uh, pretty entertaining looking, shall we say. Oh, she at that age now? She's talking about makeup and things? I mean, because when I uh, last saw her, she was still a little girl. No, she's one year away from driving. Oh, my God. Has she dated yet? Is she dating or has she I, brought that up? Uh, no, I said nothing until she's 30, but we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah, that's what every dad says till 30. And at 14, Daddy, Joey Cod. <laughs> Who's Joey? <laughs> so give us an update. Another week. Uh, have you tried anything new where, uh, where you now live in the South? Anything new that's new to the Sean world? No, I can't. Right now it's getting a little colder, so um, I'm preparing for the winter here. Hopefully uh, we get snow again because I still enjoy the snow because it's a whole new adventure to me. I'm sure it would suck wow. if after about 10, 15 years and or if I had to drive to work in it, but right now I still love it. Well, the thing about the snow in, in in the south is we don't really get we'll get like like in North Carolina where I was at we'd get one good snow of a couple inches you know but most of the time it was that frozen sleet type snow you know and the only thing yeah. we loved about the winter was you got you know people in the south just don't know how to drive in the winter I mean up in in the north you know uh, they sit there and throw down the salt machines you know those big old trucks they don't do any of that here so they just cancel everything and as kids you love it you know but oh, hey yeah, i kids, love living in north carolina yeah my kids get their uh, snow days so anytime they they actually check the weather probably more than me because they're always hoping oh well maybe a, maybe a snow day and they, and they cancel i mean a, a decent amount of time and sometimes i think the teachers do it because just because they want a day off but that's a whole issue well yeah they're they're only human i mean let's be honest they are only human so i mean i to be quite honest i do not blame them you know get a day off lounge around get in front of the fireplace for those who do have fireplaces <laughs> and with that let's get on into the show you know we've got about an hour allotted uh we have limited topics uh and we're still learning we're still building our chemistry uh, but we got a very very heavy subject uh, because he's not our generation. He is this generation's rising star. And we're going to talk about comedy and comedian Matt Reif and the fact the left has tried to cancel him four times. I may be reaching for the first two times, but the fact the left always attacks comedians who do what they do, make people laugh with how they want to see uh, us laugh in terms of how leftists look at us. Then Sean's going to fill us in on the movie, Leave the World Behind, and how the Obamas are attached. I'll be honest. I've been to Netflix a few times over the past week, and it's in the Netflix's top ten. And, we're, and Sean's going to talk about that. I'll chime in with my two cents. But personally, Sean, I believe this is how uh, 
Democrats pay back politicians with gigs like this in the tens of millions. Remember when Obama said, how much money is enough money? Well, he's $120 million in and he's still asking for more. And from there, we're going to have a couple of quick hits. We're going to update you on the Travis Kelsey, Kelsey and Taylor Swift uh, love fest. And sadly, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Andre Brower. Uh, who passed away at 61 years old. He is what I call your actor's actor based on how intense uh, the intensity and reality he can bring to the to, to the roles. So, Sean, let's get this going here. First of all, let's start talking about Matt Reif. Uh, would you agree they're trying to cancel him or not? Uh, there was definitely a campaign for this latest uh, supposed joke and his response to the joke. Uh, He's he's gone on the Jordan Peter Peterson podcast and discussed that uh, it appears that they're they're trying to cancel him, but all it's doing, as it usually does, is getting him more fans. Exactly. Uh, do you uh, do you want me to talk about a little bit about who he is, or do you want to introduce the audience to, to exactly who Matt Reif is? Not knock if yourself out. Like to introduce, if you'd like. <laughs> okay. I, either way. Go ahead. Okay, so Matt, so the reason I ask is because I did a lot of uh, I've been following him for a couple years, oh, about a year now, rather not a couple years, and, and I found him fascinating because here was a guy who was not afraid to make uh, politically incorrect jokes, and he was making those jokes towards the crowd itself made up of those individuals and everybody was laughing and, and, and it quickly left my mind in terms of like, Oh, he's funny. Uh, and I, and I forgot we live in a backlash nation. So Matt Stephen Reif is his name was born in 1995. I got this off of Jordan Peterson site or Wikipedia. I can't remember, uh, born in 1995, uh, a stand-up comedian and actor. He's actually building quite the little resume so far. Uh, he started early. This is what makes him unique, but isn't uncommon in the comedic world. He started early entering the school talent show at 14. You know, he went professional the next year at the age of 15. Where I discovered him was TikTok. I'm not sure. Where did you discover him, Sean? I actually uh, discovered him on Instagram. He showed up in my feed. But uh, ah, TikTok is where I guess he I guess he made his uh, most of his uh, noise. Yes. And the reason I discovered him is I handle all social media. And eventually we made the, regardless of politics, business is business, and there's certain demographics or certain people you want to reach, you go to the vehicles where they're at. That's common sense. I don't care what the government or political implications are unless it's a business, you know, promoting hate, kill, you know, that type of stuff. So we, we created an account for TikTok. He just showed up in my feed. And what makes TikTok great, they're like, his uh, sticks are like a couple minutes. So you're on TikTok, a couple minutes, five minutes, boom, you heard two or three of his jokes, and he's hilarious, and he does not hold back. And since his, once his TikTok fame grew, he sold over 600,000 tickets to his problematic world tour in just 48 hours. He has tour dates booked in the U.S., Canada, Europe, and Australia through October 2024. And you know why this is true? When I first discovered him, I'm like, hey, let me go check this guy. Is he ever going to be in San Diego? He was booked. Uh, and all his shows were sold out here in California. I think he had two or three. But then, Sean, I just said, out of curiosity, I fast-forwarded to a month. You know, where's he at? Give me a month, two months, three months. And he was sold out. Every freaking show was sold out. Sean, I am in my 50s. Now, I was too small, and there were no computers around to go figure Carlin and Pryor and all that out. But over the last 20 years, I, I, I you know, I, I go see comedic shows once in a while. I've never seen someone as young as him 
to sell out. I can imagine maybe an Eddie Murphy, uh, a Cheech and Chong back in those era, uh, not a Seinfeld, but, but a Chris Rock, those type of comedians, Richard Pryor selling out. But that is, is obviously beyond expectations. That's what you call an outlier in my eye. And since then, he's entered the arena full time and he's used social media to grow his name. He's got three straight to YouTube comedy specials between 2021 uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2021 to 2023. And in 2023 came his Netflix special, Natural Selection. And for people who don't realize it, Netflix is actually worldwide. These shows are shown worldwide. You even see Netflix advertising it. You know, they have a show with a big thumbs up and they'll promote it by saying it was in the top 10 in like 80 countries. So Rife has now opened up his world. The downside, Sean, did you see the Netflix special? You don't have Netflix, do you? Oh, I actually, I actually do have Netflix. I don't have cable. Oh. I'm subscribed to Netflix. So, gotcha. Have you seen the Matt Rice special? Yes, I did. Uh, 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 so, what were your thoughts on it? Just real quick here, before quite we get honestly, into it heavily. Quite honestly, I was a little disappointed because the, all the clips I'd seen, you know, he works the crowd, and I'm like, okay, this is what I want to watch. I want to watch him, you know, jack up people and embarrass the crowd. But it, even before I started it, I started going, wait, this is a big auditorium. I'm like, I don't know how he's going to pull this off. You know, I don't, it's, it's not going to be that easy. And I was right. He didn't, he didn't do uh, work in the crowd. So that's, it was a big disappointment for me in that aspect. I'm glad you said that. Cause I'm like, gosh, I hope he doesn't sit there and say, man, it was great. It was this, it was that. I turned it off. Cause the Matt Rife I grew up with in that one year of watching him on TikTok uh, and all those skits and 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 the show uh, uh, Wild Wild and Out I believe is what the, what the the show called. So it's a sketch comedy with rap music. I mean it's hilarious. And that none of that showed up. The Netflix special is arguably his worst outing in my eyes. But that was his big debut, and we're gonna talk specifically about the Netflix special as well. He's also appeared in shows like Wild and Out, and I want to talk about that show. On because uh, you, if you saw the Jordan Peterson interviews, I know you did. He talked about Wild and Out and the racist expectations they had towards him in terms of how they wanted him to perform. And I say that because if we sat there in today's day and age, made a Latino or a Black, this is how you got to do your skit. This is how the persona that had to come out. That would not fly, but yet they did it to him. And it's a twofold uh, 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 explanation I have where it is okay, but in today's world, it's not. And why that's wrong. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's see, let's see. Wild and Out, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We're actually going to talk about that show later today, too. Fresh Off the Boat. And he has two other specials uh, called the Matthew Stephen Rife and Walking Red Flag. I haven't seen Walking Red Flag, but in Jordan Peterson's interview, he did bring that up. So I'll probably hunt that one down. His influences are Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais. Now, I believe his reaction to this potential, to the cancellation, that's where you also see the influence of those two gentlemen. And we'll talk about that. Some of his work, the self-produced comedy specials, uh, uh, the the ones I've just mentioned. I don't even, we're not even going to go over that because I've already talked about it. So let's get into his cancellation attempt, the first one, Sean. Now, we know that came in 2016. First of all, Sean, what do you think, now that you're in your 40s, uh, mid-40s, what uh, would you look I'm at a 21 now, but. <laughs> I'm being kind. I'm being kind. All right. Uh, uh, what do you think? So 2016, he had some 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 tweets. They mentioned the term. Uh, 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 we're so politically uh, correct now. I don't even know if I can say faggot anymore. But he mentioned the term faggot in there. Uh, uh, he made, there were other offensive topics. 
I look at that and, you know, I see that's a freaking kid. And he was 21 at the time. So I excuse behavior out of that from unless it's pushing hate. Because I'm like 21. The guy barely my my mom had a saying, man, that woman that doesn't know how to wipe her ass and she's spitting kids out. You know, and I look at him, 21 years old and he's yet to experience life. So uh, I, I, I kind of give him a pass, anybody a pass, regardless when they're comedic jokes, meaning he's an up and coming comedian. Am I looking at it wrong? And what are your thoughts on that? Well, I didn't read all of them. I saw one, you know, he had the hashtag, if I had a superpower, it'd be to jump high and run fast. And then he had dot, 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 I'd be called black guy. That was his tweet. So they're complaining that the tweet is racist because, you know, I mean, that's what comedy is. I mean, I've watched so many comedians. Black people make fun of the white people in the stands, you know. Oh, you can't dance, white guy. Look at him. This is how they move. This is how, and then, you know, he's just doing something in reverse. Just doing something in reverse. I don't understand. You know, that's what comedy is. You you take stereotypes. I'll use the Simpsons as an example. They canceled yes. Apu because he's supposedly, you know, an Indian guy. It makes him look bad. For, for working in the, the shop. Everybody's a stereotype on that. Homer's a big, fat, stupid guy, you know. Uh, who's the name? Oh, yeah, Ned, Flan Ned Flanders is the crazy Christian. You got yeah, the, the guy who yeah. works the what guy who works at the at the school, uh school Willie. You know, he's the Irish guy in the kilt and they make him look like an idiot. I mean, what are you gonna do? You're gonna cancel every character is a stereotype. That's what comedy is. You laugh at what your supposed stereotypes is. Everybody would, if I went on the dance floor and danced bad, everybody would go, look at the big goofy white guy that can't dance. And I'd laugh about it too. Okay, yeah, let's make fun of it. Who cares? That's comedy. I get that and I'm in total agreement. Uh, uh, guys, we're still new at this. Sean, make sure you stay in the screen there, brother. <laughs> uh, uh, I agree. I got a little, I got a little animated. There you go. No, I had that problem too. It's one of the first things John chews everybody out for. You got to stay in front of the camera, you know. But uh, that said, though, I'm in total agreement with you. And again, I defer to the fact he's 21. He's been doing comedy since 15 professionally, uh, and he's perfecting his craft. And social media is a new medium that he's successful in. But we live in such a world of political correctness. There, and I would imagine most of the people complaining, Sean probably didn't even read the tweets. They just jumped on the bandwagon. One thing I noticed in doing my research about this. Most of the leftist sites were like, oh, his career is going to take a hit. His, the, his career took a hit. It, it's, he's done. He can't survive this. Or he's a racist piece of bleep, and only racists are going to follow and listen and laugh at him. The truth is, as you alluded to, this grows even bigger for him in terms of popularity. Because as a conservative, I will review that situation and, and go, he did nothing wrong. You know, Maybe I wouldn't have used the jokes like that, but I'm not a comedian. He is. So what happens is when most conservatives see that and the left does the same thing, they'll see something they're going to take, look at it from their perspective. But I look at it from the perspective, OK, it's comedy. Y'all weren't complaining when all these Hollywood uh, uh, people like George Takai and uh, James Gunn were throwing out their pedophile tweets and they're not comedians. You know, y'all gave them a pass. So now you have an issue with an actual comic making it who's 21 years old. The other two I mentioned are grown men. I don't see y'all harping, except for Dave Chappelle, but I don't see y'all harping on, on leftist comedians when they make the racial jokes. 
So this, to me, this is nothing but hypocrisy, and his his uh, uh, reputation took a hit and moved them up even more. Uh, any final words on the first cancellation in terms of what you read and saw on it? No, I mean, I think, you know, I, I listened to the whole podcast to get his background on uh, Jordan Peterson, and I mean, he was in comedy clubs, you know, at like 16 to 18 years old. Like, they had to walk him from outside onto the stage, he'd do his routine, and they'd walk him back out because of the alcohol license. So, I mean, grown men make mistakes on judging what is funny. A right. young kid at 21 is going to throw out whatever he can to get noticed. And sometimes you're going to have hits, and sometimes you're going to have misses. And I'm not saying you know, this that's is a, a great miss point. or a hit. That's a great point. So, Go ahead. Oh, so, oh, so that was I'm... it. Okay. <laughs> that was... <laughs> so, no, you're right. You bring up a great point. Jay Leno would take his comedy act and do a free performance in a small comedy club. And he would talk to the audience and work on the jokes, what worked, what didn't work, you know, and, and I'm not even going to go to his defense and say, well, you don't understand he's 21 year old kid or he did this, he's growing this. No, he's a comedian. At 21, he was already a successful comedian having started from 15. That's a comedic joke that Richard Pryor has used in some form or fashion. I don't hear people condemning and taking down Richard Pryor statues. I mean, facetious is probably not a Richard Pryor statue anywhere, but you see my point. Yeah, and so this becomes more of a political and tribalistic issue, and uh, he did nothing wrong. Cancellation attempt number two, 2020. So he's now 25 years old. He's been in the industry 10 years. Just pause for a moment. Unless you, I used to marvel at 28 year olds who'd been in the Navy or Army or whatever for 10 years. You know, because I'm like, damn, you made a decision young and you stuck with it. What do you think of uh, uh, somebody at 15? And they're still practicing their craft at 25. Obviously, that's his career. But what kind of mindset does it take for you're a cop? You're a very strong-willed human being. You're successful. Again, I'm going to toss it out there. Uh, 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 law school, cop, martial artist. You've done things where you've got to put your mindset above the average person. So when you see somebody doing this for 10 years, he's only 25, what goes through your mind? Uh, uh, kinship or awe? Or what goes through the mind of Sean King? Well, right now – Looking at his age, I'm I'm really impressed because it seems that generation, you don't find many people of, you know, his generation and you know, call me the the old crusty person saying this generation sucks, but he's he's putting in work that most people, you know, they're making TikTok videos of of girls complaining of I got to work 40 hours a week, I have to be at work at 8 a.m. and I'm done, you know, at 5 p.m. then I have to sit in traffic, and this guy's you know, sleeping on sofas you know, doing whatever it takes to get his videos out, to get to get time, contacting, you know, contacting other comedians. Hey, I heard you're going to be in town. Can I, you know, yeah. get a little opener Open. with you? You know, that's that's impressive. I'm impressed with that. Hard work is is a lost art. And that's hard work and dedication will get you ahead of 90 percent of the people in this country. That's for damn sure. I'll tell you that. I agree. I agree. And what Sean was referring to people in terms of sleeping on couches, he was uh, his first big break was D.L. Hughley. 
And uh, it, it's I kind of find that ironic based off his, the situation he's in today. Because if you don't know, uh, Sean, D.L. Hughley is one of these off-the-wall leftist morons. I mean, he's so far down that rabbit hole. He's got his head so far up leftist tush, he'll never smell the same again. I mean, that's how far left he is. However, this is the guy who gave him his first big break, spent the summer there, slept on the couch. Then he went back, slept on somebody else's couch for a year, he said. Then another person's couch. And and. He probably felt guilty, I mean, based off his upbringing and based off what he said, but he did what he had to do. That's a great point, Sean, and, and I totally agree. Okay, Sean, I need you to explain this tweet to me because I don't quite get it. Cancellation attempt number two, 2020 tweet. He's 25 years old. The tweet said, everyone at the Oscars watching to see if the cast of Parasite coughs. And the writer said, to me, I kind of, uh, based off what the writer said, the writer said it's an apparent reference to the notion linking people of Chinese, Japanese, and Korean origin to the spread of the 2019 no novel coronavirus. Well, first of all, I have to make a correction here. Uh, I, I understand what he may have meant by the joke, but here's the kicker, Sean. He was right. Now every analyst, now every department is because the pandemic's over and they were able to push the BS they wanted to. Now they're coming out and saying, yeah, 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 it, it was a Wuhan lab. And even the ones who don't want to admit it say, yeah, yeah, it was likely the, the Wuhan lab. So they may not like have liked the, the tweet, but it was true at the end. But did you get the tweet when he said it? I've never seen Parasite. Or, or am, I, am I the only one who's lost here? No, I had, I had to look it up because obviously I haven't seen the – what parasite is, but I, yeah, the, it was supposed to be a reference to the coronavirus originating in, you know, China, but I guess this was an Oscar winning film. I guess I missed that one too. Yes, but, yes, yes, yes. It won the Oscar. But it says, I did more research and it said the film was set in South Korea. So it wasn't even about, you know, I think it's just a matter of he grouped all Asians together. Asians. Which, <laughs> and and quite honestly, I have friends that are that, you know, are Filipino, Korean, Chinese, and they don't like to be they get more upset if you accuse them, a Korean being accused of being like Japanese or or Chinese. They're like, no, I'm Korean. They get really upset about that. But I, I think they would still like the ones that have a good sense of humor would still laugh about it. They just, you know, don't like being grouped you know, all together. No, Sean, you are absolutely right. And and you know what my biggest pet peeve is? And I jump on the leftists when they bring it up. I go, you're the worst races of them all. You just have now put all Asians together. You know, I have traveled in that part of the world uh, as a diver. I have gone to, to, to dozens of countries and you are absolutely right. What I have found is most Asian countries have a disdain for Japan, but that's because Japan conquered a lot of them. So there's a lot of bad history. The Koreans hate Japan. The Chinese hate Japan. And if you watch any Bruce Lee film, and I'm saying this in a comedic way, even though I'm not a comedian, uh, Bruce Lee, uh, his films, his Chinese films, they showed the, the animosity uh, uh, the Chinese had towards the Japanese and vice versa. So you're right. The, the fact that uh, he, to me, the most racist thing in that tweet is the fact he lumped all Asians together. You know, <laughs> and what irks me are all the leftists defending all the Asian groups as one. You don't even see how racist you are, leftists. And I got some uh, China. I uh, one day I will take the. Uh, the uh, what is it? The DNA test. But uh, but yeah. I've told this story before. There's a picture. We've only got a handful of pictures. And my mom, God bless her, she loves family. It's all about family except for the black sheep. 
when I got older and went back to visit Panama is when I learned who the black sheep of our family were. And my great grandfather, who was Asian, uh, Chinese, was one of those black sheep. So I don't know much about him, but I do know we got a little bit of Asian in us. So I didn't find that offensive, <laughs> but maybe I don't have enough Asian in me. But my point is, is you are right, Sean. I have seen that hate for Sandy. You know where there is also universal hate towards, and I don't, I don't get any of those people. I'm just telling you the experiences I have encountered. Most of it through the Navy, through working with other uh, countries and and a lot of Filipinos, but. I went diving to Palau, beautiful place to go dive if you're a diver. And they imported every single day, Sean, uh, Filipinos to do the dirty work they wouldn't. And they just blatantly talked them down like, we're not going to do that. And bring those and bleep, 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 bleep in terms of the next few lines. So there's a lot of Asian hate. And maybe I dwell on it too much. But, Sean, that's such a great point. It's very important for people to understand that. And it's just like black. Uh, uh, black Americans uh, 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 lump every black together. But when you talk to an actual African or, or, or an Afro-Caribbean, they don't look at it like that. So we are unique and not in a good way in how we actually practice racism without even uh, understanding that I'm not going to say we, how less practice racism. Uh, any comments to add on? You, I, I'm kind of jumping on, on what you said, but anything to add on before we leave uh, uh, this? Well, I guess it wasn't, uh, I didn't find it offensive. Well, did you find anything offensive outside the fact he stereotyped all Asians into one? I, I, I guess what I'm asking is, is there anything really bad about this tweet? Well, once again, it's just, it's just a, a tweet where he's just trying to make light of the coronavirus and it coming from, you know, China. And, you know, maybe it was it wasn't a hit, but I mean, it's just people are just I don't know how comedians do it because nothing offends me, first off. So I'm probably the worst person to ask. I could you could say just about anything and I'm just going to brush it off because like is no one raised where what was it uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Not in today's world. Today's world, uh, these words and everybody's, uh, you know, needs their safe space and they're crying over a stupid joke or attempted well, a joke. Well, you know, Sean, that was uh, uh, that book's no longer available in public libraries across the nation. Sticks and stones can break your bone. Uh, I didn't even know well, it was Sean, a book. I, no, no, it, 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 it's it's I remember as a kid reading that over and over. Because as a kid, I, I was an early reader, five, six years old, and uh, uh, obviously children's books. That's in every poem book for kids, you know. So I was being facetious when I say that, but that they don't like that because in, in their mind, words are the most violent, uh, you know, forms of, uh, of violence. All right. So moving on. So that was two attempts. They weren't officially canceled attempts, but they were for all intents and purposes. Uh, cancellation attempt number three, Brother Sean, the domestic violence joke and the backlash. Walk us through that. That That's the Netflix uh, special uh, uh, Natural Selection, if I remember correctly. I'm looking for my notes that I didn't write it down. But Natural Selection, isn't that what the name was? Yes, uh, Natural was, Selection. I just noticed the one on uh, Netflix, whatever yes, it's called. Yes, Natural Selection. Natural Selection. <laughs> it, and it, it, it premiered about, oh, I don't know why I keep repeating Natural Selection. It premiered about a month ago. So walk us through that. Well, he made him a domestic violence uh, joke. Uh, I w we could insert the clip. It'd be really good. I don't want to say it because I, I, I'm not going to deliver it with the same uh, same comedic genius and uh, ability. But, you know, he made a joke about a girl having a black eye and, uh, you know, maybe they should put her in the kitchen. His friend said maybe we should put her in the kitchen. 
you know, so people don't see it. And then he said, you know, I don't think she'd have that black guy if she knew how to cook. And right, oh right. my gosh, they made a he made a joke about domestic violence and they lost their minds. And I'm not saying domestic violence is a joke, you know, people getting beat up and stuff. But once again, it's a comedy special. He's making making light of if someone had a black eye. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, check your connection there because uh, you're coming in and out with your volume. Uh, by connection, I mean make sure it, it, it's fully plugged in there real quick. Or uh, Everything is. Okay, I hear you now. Yeah, yeah, you'll be talking and then all I see are the – but – you know, we're recording locally, so hopefully it'll catch that. Uh, so, yes, that is absolutely correct. The, one of the reasons, Sean, that that this happened like it did is because even Matt Reif himself said uh, as of March, his audience was predominantly 90 percent women. And they really took offense at, 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 and gays, women and gays, mostly women. And uh, he's a good looking kid. You know, his teeth look great. I understand he has some teeth work. He has he has a square jaw. He uh, uh, he blonde, all American good looks. So of course you can see why women uh, uh would flock to him. You know, you look at him, a good looking young kid coming up. So uh, one of the issues that they were angry at the repeater. I don't know if you heard it, but to repeat is that his base, Sean, is about not was about ninety percent women as of last April, and we he talked about that on on, on Peterson's show. Uh. So they were mad that he was attacking the hand that feeds him. Uh, but this is comedy. Do you see anything wrong with attacking the constituents uh, 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 that pay your bills? And the reason I bring that up, Sean, isn't that what he does when he interacts with the crowd 90% of the time? I mean, he cracks on him, but also gives him a compliment. But he starts out with cracking on whatever their gender or, or, or sexuality trait is. So what makes this different from his from his stand-up? Well, that's what, that's what I mean. The the clips I've seen of him online working the crowd, I've seen him, you know, interact with females and, you know, he'll, he'll make fun of the females. Like, uh, I think I saw a clip. Some girl said she was, uh, her mom was in the WNBA. Boom. He starts making fun of the, her and her mom. And then another lady, you know, Hey, uh, you know, she's a divorced, you know, milf or whatever. And, you know, he's, he's Oh my he, God, I saw that. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes through her phone. I'm like, how is this any well, hold on, hold on, Sean. And, and they obviously love him for it. You cannot stop right there. You got to tell the rest of that joke and what happened when when he was going through his her phone. Now, this woman is gorgeous. She is truly a MILF. And we're not being Jim Locker guys. We're talking about the skit and the reality of humanity and men and traits and some of the things happening in our world. But MILF is mo mothers, I'd like to. You can fill in the rest. She was beautiful, the one in that, that audience. And he took her phone and started scrolling through it. What happened as he started scrolling through it? Uh, I guess she had pictures and, you know, he was, I don't even know if he actually went through the pictures. He was just joking there. Oh, you know, hey, look at this, you know. And well, I, <laughs> Sean, he found her daughter's number and the picture was, uh, uh, showed his daughter. And he looked at her, looked at her, the pic, looked at He's like, okay, I'm going to have some fun here. Then we're gonna call your daughter, and he called the daughter up. And they were doing, and he got them to relax so much. These women were talking about their breast sizes, their this, how close they are. I mean, it really went. It showed how truly good he is 
at this. And that was a that was some women would have found that derogatory. But he had the two women going along. And I think uh, uh, one way to look at this is to disconnect. The people in the audience are laughing because they're kind of in on the joke. They're part of the joke. Uh, they have the opportunity to get caught. But then you have people on uh, uh, Twitter, uh, uh, X now, not wanting to see that for the simple purpose that they just want something to hate. Am I, is that, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I see two worlds here. Yeah. Well, the, the people who are not his fans are the ones going out and calling him, you know, misogynistic, you know, that he, you know, he must hate, he has prejudice against women. When I, I take it as the opposite, the way he interacts with them, he, he obviously loves interacting with women and they obviously love interacting with him. They aren't coming. To, they're paying to go to the show. They're not being forced to. And if that high a percentage of his, his crowd is women, they how about they be the judge? You know, they 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 judge that they they like his the interaction. Yeah, and and if and if you see some of those skits on TikTok mostly because because he has so many different ones, and you look at the audience and the mix of the audience, it is from pasty white to Nubian black and everything in between. And he talks to every one of them, and he hits all the stereotypes from a comedic standpoint. And everybody in that audience laughs. And he's even gone a few times. Looks around. Did I go too far? You know, makes a comment like that, but he doesn't make it seriously. He just makes it in a jokey way, knowing that, yeah, some people would say it was too far, but I thought it was funny. One of the responses he said is, you're mad at somebody that's just trying to make you laugh. That's such an insane concept to me. And Sean, I think you and I would both agree on that. Do you think he should maybe you know, not pause, but kind of rethink some of his uh, jokes, or do you think he should keep going? I I think just keep doing what got you here. I mean, he's successful for a reason. I did what you did. As soon as I saw clips of him online, I was like, hey, maybe he's playing in a comedy show around here. And, you know, I looked and everything was sold out, and I was like, well, he must be pretty good. I can't even get a ticket, you know, five months from now in another city, you know, so keep doing what got you successful. And for those who uh, can't see the clip here, uh, here's what he says in that Netflix. Uh, And I'm like, Sean, but I'm going to read it anyway because it's pretty funny. So he goes, and my boy who I was with was like, yeah, I feel bad for her, man. I feel like they should put her in the kitchen or something where nobody has to see her face, you know, referencing the black guy that that, that they saw in her on the restaurant. And I was like, right, yeah, but I could, uh, but I feel like if she could cook, she wouldn't have that black guy. And that's what Sean was talking about, the assumption, her inability to cook. And that's a note, that is domestic violence. You know, there's a stereotype image of the husband coming home, dinner's not ready or it's bad and bam, 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 uh, you know, uh, but and then he came back and said, I figure we start the show with domestic violence. The rest of the show should be pretty smooth sailing after that. You know, and that in itself was a joke. And again, Sean, you are absolutely correct. I think you have just the feminazis, as Rush Limbaugh used to call them, just wanting to hate. And you have the women in the audience and conservative women and women who don't care about politics laughing along. Now, if you have been, uh, I have close, extremely close family friends who have been subject to domestic abuse. And uh, I can separate the two. That these feminazis just don't want to separate. They just want to hate and they want to control what they can't control. Uh, now, tell us about his response 
to the backlash he got from that. That I thought was classic. Well, he uh, he he posted on his, I believe it was Instagram, but it was uh, that right. if you'd like, uh, you know, if you've been offended by one of my jokes, click on the link for my apology, and then it goes to <laughs> a special needs uh, helmet website. <laughs> Which this is actually funnier than most of his jokes in the special, to be honest with you. And you know. exactly, and and uh, he went on to say, "Which sells helmets to protect against head trauma for individuals with special needs." I mean, I didn't have to add that, but when he does it, it's funny, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, and now going back to some of his influences, uh, Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle, and uh, uh, both over the last ten years have have flipped their lid in terms of who they were before that and who they are now, meaning they've realized you're trying to kill comedy here. And Ricky Gervais, if for those of you who don't remember, had that great, it was either the Globes or the Emmys or the Oscars, where he kind of pretty much told the audience, y'all are full of yourselves. You're so elitist. You think your bleep don't stink. Yada, yada, yada. You're the problem. Remember that whole speech he gave on that? And Dave Chappelle has been attacked for, 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 for years now for making uh, jokes about transgenders and lesbians. And I think those two men and how they've reacted to their recent issues over the last couple of years, uh, because if you look at his response for the tweets, very juvenile, very uh, uh, frustrating. He doesn't know how to respond. Compared to that Netflix special response, I think he's learned from those two individuals. Am I looking too deep into the weeds, or do you think they also have that kind of influence on him? Each, if he's smart, you know, you everybody has uh, idols or mentors. If he says Chappelle is one of his mentors, you you just have to look over the past few years that they tried to cancel Chappelle, and he's pretty much told him f you, and he's only gotten bigger. So if he's smart and that's your mentor, you see what's been successful for him. If somebody else has done it, you do it. So you go, okay, my mentor said f you, that's what I'm gonna do, and look, lo and behold, same result. He's selling out shows till next agree. year. I agree. And, uh, uh, you know, the irony of it all is, and, and, and Dr. Peterson said the same thing, and, and everybody with common sense says this, because it's never failed to play itself out. And I view people who acquiesce as they're weak, they're ballless, they're, they're vajayjays, pajama boys, because no matter how much you acquiesce, the moment you acquiesce and apologize for what you did is the moment they own you. They're good they, because they don't let up on the attacks. They keep attacking, attacking, attacking until they destroy you. On Chappelle, they don't even they always attack him when something new comes out. But he's now off their radars because he's going to punch back. And when you punch back with the truth, you don't have a counterattack. And that's what Ricky Gervais and that's why Dave Chappelle are not only surviving, but they're thriving as 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 this young man will, uh, Matt Wright. Because as you said, his show sold out. This weekend, he's expanded his show, his tour. I'm going to check out, see if I can grab a ticket, maybe get on the wait list. Because his comedic style with the interaction is beyond words. It, again, I'm in my 50s. I've seen everybody from Richard Pryor to uh, uh, Dave Chappelle to, to, to everybody else. And he's one of the funniest. When he does his own shtick, the Netflix special was not that good. <clears throat> now, with this audience being 90%, Sean, <clears throat> excuse me, do you agree with this? I would never have said it. Just, I mean, don't attack the people who pay your bills to pick a fight 
you know, as you're doing it, joking, you know, part of that shit, that's fine. But don't attack them uh, to make a point where they're going to be offended. That's just stupid business, and it's not necessary. You could have worded it or said it in a different way. He sat there and said, I don't pander my career to women. I would argue natural selection is way more for guys. And I'm not going to argue his point. I'm like, hey, I agree to that. But when 90% of your audience is women, you need a game plan to bring in a new audience to add to that 90%. You don't need a, a strategy where you demagogue that 90% and you don't have no clue if you're going to pick up uh, 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 men as, new as part of your new core of audience. And he didn't. You and I and the feel I got researching this and when it came out, natural selection, was that it failed. It, as you said, it wasn't his normal shtick. It wasn't as funny. Uh, in, in some parts, it wasn't even funny. So whoever his business manager is, which I would assume he has one to guide him, but at the same time, he's caught his own shots, no matter how young. I think this was a bad decision. Uh, I'm not saying he shouldn't have done it. I'm saying he should have done it in a different way. Don't alienate somebody at an at, 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 at at ignorance uh, 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 uh because that's not good in the long term. You're going to lose people you shouldn't have to lose. You may, uh, whether you disagree or, or, or not, I, I think there's a lot of logic in what I said, uh, but it's okay to disagree. What's your take on that based on what I said? In terms of his fan base? Yeah, maybe uh, uh, he should never apologize, but why attack the fan base to kind of strut your chest out there and say, no, 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 this one's more for men. I'm like, he could have just sat there and said, look, Ladies, you've carried me 90%. God bless you. Keep it coming. But I want to try to grow the male aspect of this. So that's what this show was geared for versus saying, I don't pander my career to women. You know, it's it's two different tones. See, I took it more as, you know, when I listened to the interview with him, he, he didn't he doesn't want to pander his comedy to just one sector. And I think for this special, you know, he, he stated that, you know, he's known for his interaction with the crowd, but he wanted to try you know, this new material, this new interaction, you know, just how he presents. He wanted to go a different direction in, in what he's known for his comedy. So I don't think it's so much that, you know, he's trying to get rid of women. He's just trying to develop another side of himself, another, you know, like they oh. say, develop his art form. No, you're correct. You're correct uh, uh, in terms of what he was trying to do. But to the audience, and Sean could tell you this being a cop, I'm sure. Uh, uh, I had a few military incidents, nothing major. Like, Sean, my life was in danger just once. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when you're young, there's a saying, you're young, dumb, and full of fill in the blank. And uh, that was one of these moments for him. Uh, an event this big, Netflix, doesn't matter how big he's gotten. doesn't matter how many sold out shows. Netflix special was going to could take him to another level. There's a reason Jay Leno goes to a club before putting his shows on his shows on the tonight uh, 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 tonight show his skits on there there's a reason other comedians there's a lot of comedians do that a lot of famous comedians they'll go to you know to a small club that's a business decision to create the best show you can that's you don't sit there and do a first time test on that show and it was obvious to me that skit was new uh, because it was a failure a lot of jokes a lot of skits I think he should have taken his TikTok mentality, his other special uber successful mentalities, rolled them, rolled them up, created a show out of that, and he would have skyrocketed. I'm talking business here, you know? And uh, from there, I mean, 
Dave Chappelle, how many specials did he have? George Carlin, how many specials did he have? You know, all these great comedians, it's not just one and done. So I think he was uh, a little reckless in that. And as his business manager, I would have strongly insisted uh, uh, in bringing what has made him famous because Netflix is where most... The demographics of Netflix alone don't match up TikTok's demographics. So he, he he had a new audience. So that's how I look at it. Am I wrong to think like that? Or is just just another different avenue? Because both can be right. I think it's just a different avenue. Let it, like, I don't know. I, I'll just leave it at that. There you go. All right. So uh, uh, I tend to beat something dead at, at times, but that's because I want to make sure everybody has said their piece. Obviously, Sean <laughs> said his piece there. Uh, uh, I hate it when somebody goes, well, you know, I wanted to bring this up. And I'm like, well, why didn't you say something? So I've since learned to try to get everything. But I noticed last night's podcast, uh, uh, sometimes I need to, okay, they're done. Whether they're done or not, they're done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So cancellation attempt number four. He cracks at a six-year-old. Did you see this one, Sean? Oh, I didn't see it, but I read all about it. Fill us in on what happened there. Um, well, he got in an argument. I guess this six-year-old made a comment about – so he Matt had a joke about astrology in, these, uh, in this comedy special. And I guess him and this six-year-old – this six-year-old made a, reacted in a video to, his, uh, to Matt's joke. So then Matt went back at him. And, uh, you know, pretty much the back and forth came down to, hey, Santa doesn't exist and your mom buys your presents with her OnlyFans money is how it pretty much ended. And, you know, so everybody's jumping on him for, you know, acting childlike against a child, a six-year-old. And, uh, well, there, I'll get, there's the brief, brief version of it. What do you think? Oh, I think, you know, I think that was just poor taste on his point part, uh, not poor taste, but bad. Again, he's, he, he's still a young kid. He, he's not thinking before acting. And the problem with social media is that is more common than not. Cause it's part of human nature. It's part of our DNA. We're emotional creatures, you know? So, and he reacted. Uh, it was a great joke. I thought, and, 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 and she's no saint, the mother, the mother's a, a TikTok whore herself. And when I say TikTok whore, I mean, People with millions of views uh, they get, you know, and they live for that. They probably haven't experienced life. She just lived in front of a computer. Uh, but she didn't like it, and she hammered him. And, you know, that's fine, you know. But watch what the – I can't say that word. Watch what the hell your kid's doing, you know. If your kid – because there's a lot of mean people out there who are vicious, not Matt Rice. They just mean bad people. And if you don't know what the hell your kid's doing, that's on you. You were a bad parent there for letting him be online to interact or make a post. He should never have been making a post like that towards a comedian either. Bad parent. We excuse bad parenting because we have so many effed up kids that the effed up kids are the norm in many ways versus the disciplined child who studies well, works hard, understands uh, responsibility and accountability. So that's how I view them. But every feminazi, every leftist, a uh, 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 liar because the leftist way is one that promulgates uh, victimization as a way of life. And that's not how you live a successful way of life. So that's how I saw it, you know? Uh, 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 and for the joke, the joke was about, uh, as you said, astrology. Uh, he made a comment of, 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 of uh, your future. Oh, what it was, was he was talking about the, uh, you know, he doesn't believe in that astrology's crap in his eyes, you know, about planets, 
hundreds of thousands, millions of miles away affecting us. And that's what the kid, and then he made, said something about Jupiter has a ring. And that's where the young man corrected him saying, uh, 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 actually it's Saturn that has rings. It has more visible rings also. Uh, is what the kid said, you know, and that's what he responded to. And uh, uh, Jupiter also has a ring. Oh, and Santa Claus isn't real. Your mom buys you presents with the money she makes on OnlyFans. Good luck. That's where I thought was wrong. He's a six-year-old kid. The odds of him not knowing that Santa Claus exists or doesn't exist, uh, I believe, are very high, being a six-year-old. So that's why I think he was wrong in making that tweet. But the kid started it. He he. Childlike responded wrongly, but the mother is playing the victim and blaming her. No, Hedaya, Miss Hedaya, you're a TikTok whore who will never, ever look at what's right or wrong, but will always want to be seen as a victim, no matter how vile you are. And that's how I look at the whole thing. And again, Sean, it's just jacking his reputation up. You know, I call people for what they are. If you're a man or woman, I don't care. You know, if you're an asshole, I will call you that. And, and uh, I view them both as being wrong. All three of them. Kids shouldn't have been on Instagram like that. The mother shouldn't have allowed the kid to be on there uh, 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 getting into trouble. And Matt Rife should not have acted as a kid. Uh, I think I'm being the parent and how I look at it. Is that how I should be looking at it? Or, or, or how would you think we should react to something like that from the comedian's perspective and you as a parent? Well, I'm just going to say a couple points. Number one, I think she's doing this like you said she's known for being on tiktok i think this is her a way of jumping on the the uh the attention bandwagon to get her more views on tiktok so you know she did that and number two you know who lets a six-year-old on on uh social media is is ridiculous that just tells you that maybe the six-year-old's not even on she's got an account for for him to watch videos That's on. right and she reacted and boom, she got Matt to, you know, act like a child back. And that's what she wanted. She wanted her, you know, get her 15 minutes of fame to get a little bigger. So I think, and I, and I read online, I always read people's comments to, to the reaction. And most people are like, like most common sense people said, who the hell lets a six-year-old get online like this? So that's right. I think it's, while his reaction isn't great, this is all on mom for for wanting the attention and being a crap parent. I agree. I agree. And with that, uh, well, first of all, to give her two cents, she did deny the OnlyFans portion. No, I'm not buying his Christmas present with the OnlyFans. I use Pornhub. <laughs> no, she didn't say that, people. She didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even check to see if she has an OnlyFans. I'd have to do some research. I, I didn't either. She's a pretty girl. <laughs> you know, us Latinos, we love them what we call Reginita, which is curvy, you know? Uh, we don't like these skinny chicks, you know? That she kind of struck me as a skinny chick. But God bless all of them. Because at the end of the day, there are greater things for you, Hedaya, and your son to worry about. And Matt, you need a mentor. You really do. Not even a mentor. You need somebody who you can trust. One of the reasons my business was successful, uh, Sean, I always, and I tell this to young entrepreneurs, you give your lawyer and accountant 
carte blanche to say whatever they want without fear of retribution by you, the man paying the bills, because you need that honesty when it comes to financials and the legality. He needs somebody like that when it comes to social media perspective to go, okay, if you say this, this is going to happen, you know, to make him think. And and I really mean that. Uh, And and it's sad that we have to have people like that in our lives. All right, moving on. Sean's going to educate us on a movie that has reached number one status on Netflix. I had no idea the Obamas were connected to it. I saw Ethan Hawke, and I like Ethan Hawke. So I actually put it in my wait list uh, or watch list, but it may get deleted based on what Sean has to tell me because the cast, 90% of them are ultra, ultra uber leftist, you know? But Sean, fill us in. First of all, what is the premise of the movie? What's it about? Who's in it? Well, and then how are the Obamas connected? Well, I was going to ask if you want. I know we're getting low on time here. If you wanted to do your quick hits and then uh, save this for next week so you could watch it and I'll. You know, and oh, we can both discuss it. That's a great it. idea. That's a great idea. In fact, we will do that. And uh, uh, if you guys are lucky, I'll try to get our producer to whack our comments just now uh, 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 about it. And we'll just do this next week. Yeah, let's do that next week. It's a great idea, guys. A little teaser there. Movies leave the world behind. And it, one thing about me, uh, and, and I'm pretty sure it's Sean. We may hate Uber leftists, but we want to laugh more. We want to be entertained more. You know, there's certain people that won't watch anymore, but this movie's got a great cast in it. So, so we're gonna watch Leave the World Behind, or I will, and then we'll talk about it next week. Some quick hits, some quick hits, Sean. This is a new segment I've incorporated. I'm hoping to build on it. And again, people, we're experimenting. We talked about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift in our very first podcast a month ago, and. Uh, They're back in the news because I guess Travis Kelsey sweetly thanked Taylor Swift on the December 13th episode of New Heights. And he thanked her for increasing sales for his and Jason Kelsey's jerseys in the United Kingdom. Before I saw the United Kingdom, I'm thinking, man, they have 400% of U.S. sales increase. What do you think of this tidbit? Quick hit on this. Uh, Although one of the most recognizable faces in the NFL, Sean, Travis Kelsey's jerseys did not even rank in the top 10 entering the 2023 season. And in fact, the lesser known brother, Jason Kelsey, who plays for the Eagles, was outselling him. So on December 24th, I'm sorry, October 24th, September 24th. Oh, my God, this was months ago. She showed up uh, at his game. That's when his his. Uh, Jersey sales spiked to 400%. Real quick, what are your thoughts? Hey, he wasn't even the top Jersey sales guy in his own family. Well, this is a quick take, so I'll make it quick. The relationship is obviously good for him uh, for exposure and financial reasons, so he might want to stay with her. Right, right, right. I'm going to spit out some data, and then we'll move on. But this is so cool, Sean, and, and, and I'll give you a moment to pause on any of them if you want. Uh his podcast number ranks number one overall on Apple. These are uh, milestones he's hit. It may not still, but rank number one overall on Apple. I've never heard it. He added 383,000 Instagram use followers, 24.3 million viewers watch uh, 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 one of his games. It was the number one game of the week. Uh, 63% jump in female viewers age 18 to 49. A three times increase in chief searches on the web. A three time increase in chief sales on StubHub. The chief sold more tickets in a single day since start of the season. I have one comment based off all those. When I see that, I start to think of Taylor Mania, like the Beatle Mania that that that, that happened back before we were even born. Any uh, any quick comments on any of these points I made or anything in general, and we'll move on. 
Ride the wave while you can until she dumps you and makes a song about you. <laughs> prophetic words, brother. Prophetic words. And our last quick hit. It's a sad one, and I have both negative and positive comments. Uh, I have positive comments to make about him, but uh, 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 there's a big negative, which epitomizes Hollywood, and, and I don't, we live in an era now, it's no longer rest in peace, everything's nice. I, I, I want to speak about who this individual was as a man, good and bad. 90% good, but there's one thing that sticks in my craw about him. Andre Brower, dead, 61 years old. Most of today's generation probably knows him for Brooklyn uh, 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 999, where he pay, played a, 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 a police chief there. Uh, but he had a breakout role in 1989 in a phenomenal movie. If you haven't seen this movie, it is well worth the two-plus hours. And that was Glory, which also starred Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington. Uh, but he got his first big taste of fame as Detective Frank Pembleton in Homicide, Life on the Street. I only saw a couple of episodes of that show, uh, but it was an intense show, the two episodes I saw. Uh, 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 and that's where he met his wife and he married uh, uh, later. And then, but his biggest claim to fame, again, was uh, portraying Captain Raven Hull on Brooklyn Nine-Nine from 2013 to 2021. And I can tell you, Sean, I've seen every episode of that show. I loved it. Any initial thoughts on, on when you saw that he was dead? What went through your mind? Well, first off, 61 is young, and I I was sad because I did – of the few TV shows I've watched, I've watched probably the first two to three seasons of uh, Brooklyn – what is it, 9-9? Um, 9-9-9. Is it 9-9-9? I always wanted to call it Brooklyn 9-1-1, but I know that's not right. I know, Reno I know. It's Reno 9-1-1. But, yeah, I watched the first few seasons, and uh, so, you know, I, I was sad to see him go. You know, that's uh, 61's too young. And uh, well, I, I know I this don't much. know if any. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I hadn't heard anything like really negative about him either. Seemed, you know, so. No, that's no, no. Nothing plus. negative. Yeah, yeah. He didn't really have nothing negative. It was how he saw a certain situation. And, 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 uh, 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 I am going to go back and watch Thief, which it turns out was a miniseries. I saw it only lasted X amount of episodes. I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. I wanted to watch that because I thought it was a full-on series, you know, and it got canceled early. So I'll check him out of that. But uh, he is what I call that great character actor, kind of like Michael Caine types, uh, the Donald Sutherland types, you know, once in a blue moon, they'll have a lead. But he also played, he played a gay black uh, 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 police commander for uh, chief of the precinct. And the storylines, as I'm sure you saw a couple of them, they did bring that up, but they brought it up in a very positive way where it wasn't wokeness. It was, this is what happens. And as somebody who can't relate to that, you get it, you know? And that's how, that's how bringing cultures together was done from the 80s until the uh, 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 before. Now it's all political. Uh, but what I did not like about him was after George Floyd, he just went, jumped on the bandwagon and, 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 and said, I look up after all these decades of playing these characters, cops. I too have fallen prey to the mythology that's been built up. It's almost like the air you breathe or the water you swim in. It's hard to see. He's lying. What he's trying to say is we brought up, uh, we show cops in, as heroes, as this or that. Yeah, that you do in Hollywood, but you also show them as some of the worst scum in the world, especially in the last 10 years. You know, uh, Michael Conley, he has Bosch, that series of Bosch, 30 some odd books. They adapted to uh, 
uh, uh, uh, television through Amazon. Phenomenal show if you've never seen it. Bosch, and now they have Bosch Legacy on Amazon-owned uh, Freebie TV. But Michael Conley hates cops in some form or fashion because there's always a bad cop. That's key behind most of his books. It's always the bad cop that Bosch has, has, has overcome. And if anybody has given a negative stereotype through cops, it's Hollywood who always shows the anti-cop cop having to break all the rules. And it's okay if you break the rules in how they want to see it broken. And he fell into that trap. You know, it turns out George Floyd was not killed by the cop. He asphyxiated uh, 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 before that. So many lies. And it angers me when I read that, that he fell into that because he's an extremely smart individual. And so you see it through his acting, through some of the interviews. Uh, 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 uh. And if the public develop any issues uh, uh, or viewpoints about cops from Hollywood, that's on Hollywood, you know, because I have experienced, I have been jacked up by a cop. I know you uh, as a cop. I have other friends as cops. When you actually meet people and you look at the news and you stay up on current events, you actually know what cops are, who they are, and what they are versus Hollywood. So I didn't like that. He jumped on that bandwagon of hate and excuse making. You know, and for that, uh, 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 that's a massive negative, not just on him, but on Hollywood. But overall, as an actor, phenomenal, phenomenal. You're a cop shot. Either take the lead from what I said in terms of commenting on it, or what are your thoughts in terms of how he perceived uh, cops versus what you as a cop had to actually deal with? Well, I mean, if, if his perception of police work is... Uh two TV shows. I didn't see Homicide Life on the Street, but I'm, I don't know how realistic it was, but I mean. It was one of those greedy shows, Sean. It, it was portrayed like Hill Street Blues was. It was in that era. Remember, that was when the, the filming, the, the grainy screen, they were trying to portray that realistic uh, lifestyle of a cop. So, 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 and that's where he got, had his heaviest role in, as a cop. Well, just, uh, I'll just say working in TV does not give you the experience of what it's actually like to you know, do the job. And uh, I'm sad to see that he, you know, jumped on the bandwagon, immediately started bashing, you know, law enforcement. But I'll say this, you know, there's just, in, there, there's always one bad apple and, you know, every bunch anyway. So you're never going to have perfection, but to group everybody together, right. especially on an incident where the facts are definitely being manipulated and muddled to say the least. Uh, luckily, I didn't, I didn't see that or I probably wouldn't have watched his show. Because I, I get pretty bitter about that stuff. So, thanks for telling exactly. me. Exactly. Thanks for telling me about it now, because now I'll probably never finish the show. But anyways, <laughs> you know, it's it, he said he uh, quote, "That's something that we're going to have to collectively address." All cop shows. Who made it your responsibility, Hollywood? that you have to dictate how cops are shown. You know, I did, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll make this point and then give you the floor and then we'll close the show out. But I did a paper in college, human sexuality. So I just was wondering, you know, the, the late 80s, early 90s was the big silicon boobs with skinny women. So I was always wondering, to me, that was as a Latino growing up loving curvy women. That was so unnatural. And I remember in high school, you know, the guys be, man, look at that chick. She looks hot. This and I would see a 12-year-old boy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's hot. She's hot. And I'd be looking at all the curvy women, you know, young kid. You know, I'm just being honest. And that's how I've always grown up. So I wanted to do a paper on human sexuality in women and how we get these, these styles, the skinny look, the heavy look. And Hollywood has a massive hand in that. And, and, and he was correct 
in what he said about uh, 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 portraying cops and how the public takes note of that. But he was completely wrong in believing it's portrayed one way. But my point is, is stop portraying Hollywood like that. And now we're on the flip side where every cop's bad. You know, again, we're back to the anti-cop hero. I, I guess I don't know, Sean. I'm just frustrated as such a great actor, as such a, a, what I assume is a very intelligent man uh, acting like an uneducated, ignorant fool when it comes to certain issues. And that is the power of emotion. Emotion carries more weight than intellect. And it's why we have such a progressive, dystopian forming society right now. Uh, any final words on my comment on Andre Brower, uh, his situation, uh, before we let the audience go? Uh, my general comment is I wish I never hear what actors have to say or think about any subject because it makes me stop watching their their uh, stuff half the time. And so I'm left with uh, very minimal uh, viewing choices because they seem to be opening their mouths a lot. And I mean, they have that right. They have that right, but there's yeah. repercussions and, you know. You know I'll who just I'm like that, that with? I'm like that with George Lopez. I would never watch anything that, 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 that. I'm not even going to comment on him. Uh, uh, he condemns white people. He hates white people uh, with his words. Uh, one time he said that we have the responsibility for these illegal aliens and we we should be having water fountains in the mountains. Because they were talking about a strip of the mountain where most of them died trying to cross. We need to have a, a, a lack of water in the elements. You know? And uh, uh, ironically, if it wasn't for a white woman, Sandra Bullock, he'd be dead. She helped save his life with something with some kind of transplant, a heart transplant or something of that nature, because he was on the verge of dying. And uh, uh, I'm not saying be grateful to white people, but that alone should have taught you, George, you don't judge everybody by their skin color. You judge an individual individually. And he was judging all cops wrongly. And, and, and that's kind of what bothered me. And uh, uh, with that, we will leave it at that. Rest in peace, Andre Brower. I love you to death in terms of your role as an actor in Brooklyn 999, Homicide, Life on the Street, and all these other shows we saw you on. Uh, uh, Travis Kels, good luck with those jersey sales. Make some bank there. <laughs> and uh, the first topic, Matt Rife, I would love to meet you one day and have a beer with you. Would you? Would you? You probably think the same the same way on that point. What would you shot? Oh yeah, I'd love. I mean, he's, he. I would like to just get into the show. So if uh, he's ever uh, around if he wants to send me some tickets that's what that's what i would like well actually he's one of the few guys that would probably buy the vip ticket package go with a couple of friends buy the vip and talk to him the last comedy show i went to was uh, christy mayer uh she's a uh red-headed uh, uh libertarian out of new york city and she was they were all funny i was really a pleasant shot that was around around february march april i don't go to a lot of them but people if you get a chance they're worth it. a little bit pricey because they have the two drink minimum and and these people have to, to make a living too but uh with that let me take care of business first of all thank you Thank you for listening to The Red, White, and Rude with my co-host, Sean King. Do not forget to visit grumblingsmedia.com for articles and our other podcasts. And I didn't say it, but our other podcasts are, we have two political podcasts, The Free For All Libertarian, and we have Fired Up, which is conservative. Then we have an interview show called The Big Questions with Big John, and he interviews everybody from philanthropists to feminists to libertarians the conservatives, and he has got a great series as he's interviewed nearly every uh, a candidate vying for the Liber Libertarian Party nomination to run for president. 
and we have our sports show points on the board. Sean's given up on sports due to politics, but I still love him and I'm getting back into it. And that that's a very fun show to watch. And you can listen to these uh, uh, podcasts on the traditional method of Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pandora. And if you want to look at these two handsome men, you can also check us out on YouTube and Rumble under the profile Grumblings Media. Finally, please share the show. If you like it, share it, subscribe to us on Rumble, YouTube, uh, uh, and, and other social media platforms. And uh, thank you for watching the show and for Sean and myself. Until next time, my friends, we bid you adieu.